0: I've gotten a lot of requests to include some quote-unquote everyday women along with the pro athletes that I interview for this show. And I totally get that. Pros are exciting to watch and it's inspirational to see what they can achieve. But by and large, their lives are not like our lives. Though I will add that for those who don't know, women professional athletes often live lives closer to ours than you would think. Women's sports are typically not well-funded, and I know many brilliant PhD professional cyclists who hold down jobs to be able to afford to be a professional cyclist. That might be another show for another time, but there is definitely something special about seeing people who are living lives closer to what you live achieving extraordinary things. So I'm pretty psyched about this week's guest, Libby Sheldon. I met Libby in 2013 when she raced the Transylvania mountain bike epic in the elite women's field for the first time. It's a week-long mountain bike stage race in central PA, and it is tough. It's very rocky, very technical, often hot, usually wet, very slick. I could go on and on. It's not an easy week on the bike. And back then, Libby was pretty much in the back of the field. Fast forward eight years to present and Libby at the age of 55 came back and nearly won the thing this past spring. She was sitting in first place until the end and then ended up coming in second overall, not masters, overall in the elite women's field. She put up an Instagram post that uh, got my attention and, and made me reach out to her to be on the show. You know, she wrote, Reflecting a bit on this week as the Transylvania epic draws to a close for 2021, I was reminded of my first trip here in 2013. I was in way over my head with the terrain and the pace and the multiple days. I couldn't imagine how the gals up front were doing what they did, and I finished up hours behind them. Fast forward a few years, a lot of practice, and the tremendous support and encouragement of this amazing sisterhood, and I'm feeling like I'm starting to get it. So a few details I still need to work on. An amazing week of competition, and I am motivated by all the awesome women who've been blazing these trails over the past 10 editions. Happy trails. That is amazing. Then I digged a little deeper and saw that Libby has actually been busy racking up quite a few wins this past eight years. She won cyclocross world championships in the 50-54 age group, the Masters 50-54 Cross Country Mountain Bike National Championships, as well as the Masters 50-54 Marathon Mountain Bike National Championships. She's been a busy woman, and she is a busy woman. She is also a lawyer by profession and has four, count them, four kids, all boys. So naturally, I had to have her on the show. I loved her attitude and how she epitomizes everything that we're about. She optimizes what she can optimize, she doesn't get too hung up on the rest, and she is truly inspirational. I think you'll really enjoy this one. Before we get to the show, this is my little weekly reminder to come join us on our social media channels. We are at Beisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. We have a private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook channel where you can come in and join the conversation on Everything Under the Sun and if you want to deep dive into all things active menopausal living, we have the Feisty Menopause membership where we offer in depth materials. We have a Slack channel where we dive deep on all this stuff day in and day out. There are expert webinars and we have sponsored discounts. You can learn all about it at feistymenopause.com. Remember, I have the email. If you want to drop me a line, have ideas for guests, you can hit me up at hit play, not pause at livefeisty.com. And finally, finally, thank you as always for the great reviews. They keep coming in. I love the stars. I love the hearts. I love you. Thank you for following, sharing, and sending your love my way. It's making a giant difference. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a quick word from our generous and awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Women who ride bikes, and I am most certainly one of them, know that finding women's cycling clothing can be an exercise in frustration right and that's why i am so psyched that one of my favorite women owned and operated clothing companies velarosa has come on as a sponsor of hit play not pause velarosa's kits feature bold beautiful colorful prints and patterns And the collections, which I really love, are designed so you can mix and match the coordinating pieces to get more mileage out of your cycling wardrobe. Best of all, they fit like a dream. The chamois is super comfortable and perfectly placed. The yoga waistband hugs your midsection without digging in anywhere. And the leg bands are like 100% functional and flattering with no squeezy sausage leg effect. That is a big nope for me. Whether you like to ride pavement, gravel, dirt, or your local trail system, velarosa has got you covered beautifully. And now, thanks to their sponsorship, Hit Play Not Pause listeners can get 15% off their first order at VelorosaCycling.com. Just enter the code HIT Play, all caps, one word, at checkout. Again, that's VelorosaCycling.com, the code HIT Play for 15% off, so go get some sweet Velarosa cycling clothing today. Like many of you, I try to eat well, train well, take the supplements I need, and track my recovery, sleep, and progress. So imagine my surprise when I found out I had elevated blood sugar, high cortisol, out of whack lipids, and was borderline anemic. Yeah. All while I was racing well and feeling actually pretty great. Turns out all of my training stress was taking a hidden toll. How did I find out inside tracker inside tracker is a service that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized science-based trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. And their blood tests also include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part, they don't just give you data. They provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. And I've taken those actions myself and have been improving those markers and ultimately my health. So for a limited time, my friends at Inside Tracker are offering my listeners 25% off their entire store. So go to insidetracker.com slash feisty menopause to take advantage of that offer. Again, it's insidetracker.com slash feisty menopause. I can tell you it works. Okay, I am super, super happy, actually, to have you on the show, Libby, I, th- th- I you know, we have, silly. yeah, we've had a number of requests, you know, people, people are like, hey, I love, you know, because I have a number of athletes, like I'll have Rebecca Rush, or I had the rock climbers, like Nancy, Knight and, and, you know, everyone's like, that's awesome. But it would be really great to hear, you know, people like us, you know, who are achieving like real athletes, you know, that have jobs and you're like a lawyer. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, that's, that's a real person. So I'm, I appreciate you coming on the show. And I want to get right into your latest, really impressive accomplishment. You know, you got second overall at the Transylvania Mountain Bike Epic Stage Race this year, and that's not age group, not master's. I overall, right? And <laughs> That's right. For for listeners who are not from Pennsylvania or don't race mountain bikes, or maybe don't race mountain bikes in Pennsylvania, uh, I just want to set the stage for for them that there's a saying here that describes a riding. It's East Coast rocks. And you know, it's a little play on words, but it's also literal, right? Like we don't right. have trails as much as like boulders and baby head sized rocks and rivers of rocks that if you squint just right, you can find a line through them. And I'm exaggerating a little, but actually not all that much, especially out in Transylvania in the, those state forests <laughs> where they literally are lots of rocks. They're technical, challenging, relentless. And in the spring, when this race is held, often slick as and the, you know they sweat they're wet it's raining they're very slick it's a hard five days of racing I've done it numerous times so hats off to you and let me my god I you know you're 55 you made your de- debut at this race in 2013 when you were 47 and I I really want to hear this journey you know you how long have you been riding and racing in two thousand and thirteen, just like set us up from there, and then we'll we'll just take it in all directions from that point.
1: Well, uh, yes, and you have raced this a number of times. you said that, so you 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 know this race, yes. um and you are one of those people that that in 2013 when i first did this race i was like wow how did those women do this there was just this fast group of women you know the stands team and then and then and then you were racing as well and you were just up there smashing it every day and to me that was just uh, amazing to see um and very inspiring um but up like so riding my riding up until 2013 um I have always kind of been riding my bike, um, but informally Uh, in the 2000s, I would say I started taking it a little bit more seriously and doing more kind of events. I actually um, that was so my late 30s. I kind of had most of my kids, three of my kids by then. You have four. Uh, I have four boys Um, and so I started doing like the local mountain bike race series. And I started to do dabble in cyclocross, Um, went to a camp in 2002 that Allison Dunlap was doing out in Mm -hmm. Utah, you know, try to like see what that was like. Um, and I went to school, a college with Allison, um, so I knew her, oh, cool. and she's a former world mountain bike champion. Yeah, she yes, also she is. Cycle, cross yeah. champion, yeah. Cycle, cross and, and, champion, and a really nice person, a, a fabulous person. Um, and so that you know that kind of got me going. And in two thousand and four, I thought, uh, well, I'm going to try the Leadville. Um, so I tried Leadville. How old were you then? I was thirty-eight. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's a good you know, time I to think... start
0: mountain bike racing. Seriously. I, I say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: Exactly. But I remember that race. I was, I, I think literally I'd pulled over at one point and just started crying because oh. my feet, I had the wrong shoes on my feet oh. were cramping. Mm. I was on a borrowed bike, you know, I mean, I love the race. It was great, but it was, it was hard. It's,
0: um... hard. <laughs> it's hard. I've done that one too. Yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, so I've kind of up until 2004, I did the uh, Shenandoah mountain 100. That, That's a local yep. down in Harrisonburg. Yep. Um, and then discovered that in 2004, I was pregnant with my fourth. Um, so I kind of then stepped back a bit. Mm-hmm. Um and it waited really till he got um till he was like five or six, and then kind of started back up with the cycle cross and the local local things. Um, but right before Transylvania Epic, I actually had back surgery in 2012. I was gonna oh, do it in 2012. I didn't um, know. Um yeah, so back surgery and um so I had to recover from that. Um and just started riding again, um, and that takes us up to 2013. I mean, I've always like I've done Iron Cross before, lots right, of which local, is an ultra lots of cross, local.
0: Like one of the original adventure before before yes. gravel was a thing. Right, it was Iron exactly. Cross. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: So just a lot of fun, different things, um, but never really doing anything. I'm gonna just say seriously, um, you know, uh, training for it actually or uh, anything like that so
0: so you came into 2013 how old is your youngest at that point
1: um he was uh okay um uh it's a lot to remember seven or or seven (laughs) yeah he was seven or eight right around there yeah
0: and a year after back surgery. Yeah. I guess yeah. about.
1: Yep, Yeah. Yep. And you,
0: you, you tagged me in some other races in a post after your win this time around. And you, and you said that you felt so over your head in that event. Was it the technical aspect, the intensity of the racing, all of it? Had you oh done a stage gosh. race
1: before? I, I had never done a stage race before. Okay. It, it was really all of those things. I mean, as you say, it's just so technical up there. Never really, you know, I'd ridden rocks. Yeah. Because rocks are around here but never um like there's this uh tussie ridge i mean mm-hmm. you know tussie ridge no, just, just out there a ridge with oh beautiful mm-hmm. um with tons of rocks there's the john wort trail which mm-hmm. was i just remember <laughs> we just did
0: that too that we're laughing that right?
1: it's impossible
0: to describe maybe i'll put a, a picture in the show notes but it, you you look at that and you're like there is no trail it is there just, is no
1: trail. Where is the trail? What, right. you, know, where is you could this? just
0: stop in the middle of it and be <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, and,
1: and just all the three bridges, those were just all massively yeah. just overwhelming to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, just the riding day after day, the technical aspect of it um, was just, it was a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you do? Um, I have no idea. I, I mean, first... like, how did you, I mean, you finished every day. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was doing it actually the first I've done Transylvania Epic a few times. And for the first few times I did it, I did it as a partner with my husband.
0: Gotcha. gotcha um, so
1: gotcha. we did the co-ed duo. Okay. Um, okay. super fun. Great. We always had a great time. Um, uh, and at, at that point they had the enduro stages, a whole day of enduro's and, um, those terrified me just, they are terrifying. The well, they are terrifying.
0: <laughs> wildcat is straight down and that's before <clears throat> dropper posts. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I, to be completely, you know, I, I have done well at that race. I won it one year and came in on the podium, a few others. And every time that enduro day came, I would have knots in my stomach. So I'm like, I have to go down wildcat today. And it's terrifying. Yeah, we're on cross country bikes without dropper posts on like skinny tires. It was such a different day. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, But the first time we did it, my um uh one of my sons did it with us. He was in eighth grade, and he did the you know you can start an hour earlier. I don't remember what category that was. Experience, but. Mm Um, He just had such a ball doing it um, because he could see all the front runners coming through and he made good connections with all those really fast, speedy people up front. um, And he liked it so much that he came back his senior year in high school and did it again. Um, Yeah. So it was kind of a family thing for a while that we would kind of do together.
0: So then, you know, take me through this next eight year journey, because I I I looked at does uh, Crystal Anthony, is she your coach? Yes, she is. Yes. Uh, I looked at her website and I saw a whole lot of real impressive wins over the next eight years leading us up. You know, you have won Masters 50 54 Cyclocross World Championships, Masters 50 54 Cross Country Mountain Bike National Championships, and Masters 50 54 Marathon Mountain Bike National Ch- Championships. How do you go from where you were and not, you know, kind of back surgery kids, not racing so seriously to, to this?
1: Uh, Right. Well, it's, it's been a process. It's been a journey (laughs) for sure. Um, I, it took a few years because I had the mentality of like, you know, you just have to ride a lot and. You know, I would always get real frustrated if I didn't ride X amount, I would feel like I was falling behind and, you know. Like so many hours a week kind of thing? Yeah, kind of thing or miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really took a like a shift in mentality to, to look at challenges differently and to look at how I approach things differently. Um, you know, while that Transylvania Epic in 2013, terrified of rocks, right? Terrified of rocks. Um, because I think it was in 2015 when we did Transylvania Epic. Um, so a couple of years later, I actually coming down into Tussey or the three bridges or one of those trails. I, um, I just, I took a huge, you know, yard sale and basically separated my shoulder, but decided that I was going to finish the race. Um, but that just kind of solidified for me, like, Oh, I hate rocks. You know, I hate rocks. You know, They're terrifying. Um, and so then, you know, over a couple more years, it was like, well, you might hate it, but like, how can you get better at this? Like, what is it going to take to get better? Like, and, and actually, you know, these are fun. It's fun to get better at things. Um, and so I just started riding more rocks and riding, you know, up here, we have this area called the watershed, which is a lot of rocks. Um, and I just started riding those and working on various skills. I, I, you did that I by
0: can- yourself, like just sessioning things by yourself?
1: Um, pretty much, uh, yes. I do take, um, I, I use coaches sometimes, like the local um uh Harlan Price. Runs oh, I love athletic. Harlan. Yeah, Harlan's He's a, a great really guy. good
0: coach.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so every once in a while i work with somebody like that. There's also a woman up here named Hillary and I try to connect with her. Um, you know, to try to like work on cornering or work on rocks. Um, but because of my schedule, I I ride alone a lot just because it's like I never know when I'm going to be able to go out. Um, especially when the kids were smaller. Um and so I do. I just kind of just go out and ride rocks and keep riding them (laughs) um just try to work on it but I also um as far as like evolution um I commute every day to work when I was going into work um Mm -hmm, but via bike how far is that uh it's not very far it's like eight miles down um still that's a 16 mile day yeah but but and so I was using it as kind of a mileage thing but then I realized well you could you know you could jump over this curb um and you know get flat tires a lot at the first but then you can practice (laughs) how to fix that tires quickly (laughs) um and you know then I started picking out oh well there's this great set of stairs I could ride down in the middle of the commute and you know oh you know what you can actually try to ride upstairs too um so picking out different things and like oh now I'm I'm, you're a lawyer
0: too are you what are you wearing are you wearing like what do well, you
1: mean? <laughs> I am, I am not known in the office to be a good dresser for sure, because I carry all my clothes on my back. So in my backpack. Um, and so I'll have them all wadded up in there. And then I get out at work and I go, We thankfully we have gym and shower and just change into my clothes and, you know, go up, but.
0: It'd be pretty it, rad if, if you were just dressed up in your uh, attorney wear.
1: Right. Yeah. Going down like the that. Stairs down in DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Anyway. laughs> Yeah. Coming in so, hot. Right. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that was kind of one of those things where I would see my husband do it because he also rides his bike to work and I'd be like, Oh, you know, that's stupid. That's silly. And then I was like, well, actually he's really getting really good at that. And maybe I should try it. <laughs> um, so doing things like that, um, but also uh, working with Crystal, and and the other thing about Transylvania Epic in 2015, I think it was, and I think you raced that year as well. Crystal did it, um, and and um, that's where I met her. Um, and we, you know, really liked her, uh, great person, and I started using her as a coach uh, when she became a coach, and like the that following year or something like that. And that was like for me a big game changer because I had never done anything structured um what was the biggest
0: change that she made for you
1: um well i used her mostly for cycle cross at that point and it was just doing just doing the interval you know just doing uh, like literally i would consider riding my bike to work and going hard sometimes in that you know that space uh, a workout and then i'd go to a cycle cross race you know and 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 I would always marvel at like I would always be very confused about why all these other women were going so much faster. And I was like, well, why am why aren't I doing that? You know, and it's because I wasn't really training. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and these specific workouts to what you're you're working on your goals are pretty crucial. Um, I find really. Mm-hmm important. So it was that. And she also worked with me to get me on like uh, a different uh, core routine and a weight routine. And those I just, you know, uh, do uh, every week as well. What kind of weights Um, do you do? Um, so it depends on what I'm working on, but I have a routine where I always do a core workout, um, which includes, you know, I mean the regular pull-ups, push-ups, um, all different kinds of stuff there, balance board. I do a lot. Um, and then I have, we have a gym downstairs. That's another kind of game changer. I, I joined a CrossFit gym for a few years mm-hmm. after 2013. I became somewhat obsessed with that and then decided I needed to step back because I you know, I wanted to ride my bike. I didn't right. you know, want to
0: do be good at CrossFit. Uh, right. Right. No, I understand that.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. But, but it, it taught me a lot of things. Like I do deadlifts. I do a lot of deadlifts. I have a back, I have a squat rack, um, kettlebells. We have tons of kettlebells, um, you know, box jumps. I
0: love box jumps. Um, I love all those yeah, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I do. I love, I, I actually like the process of, of doing the workouts um in and of themselves um you know there's this goal at the end that you want to do well but it's also kind of fun to just do the process and work every day on a different scale um so what I mean I think that's most of the way it's I do arms we have a bench press and you know things like that so I do those kind of no matter uh, all throughout the year mm-hmm. um and then just do them harder like deadlifts more right. when I'm not racing and, right. and things like that Yeah, Um, we have this, uh, a hex bar that we use, which I like to do, with. Um, so those are the kind of the weight things, but that was definitely a big component of it because I think one of the reasons I had to have back surgery is because I always thought I had like this hard, you know, this strong core, but I don't really think it was all that strong. Um, And now uh, my, I have, my back has not hurt as much um, since I've been doing this core. And it's just, it's been, that's been a game changer. My back used to start hurting after like two hours. And I never know sometimes if I could like actually finish a race, Um, you know, it it would get so bad. So that's been huge.
0: I find that lifting like that, like the deadlifts and all that stuff keeps me very resilient that way too. Like things just don't hurt the same way.
1: Right, 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 right. Well, and, and the balance board, um, I was terrible at that. Oh my goodness. When I first started, but it has made such a difference in my ability on the bike to um, just balance myself when I'm going over a rock or, really? you know, grooming my body. I, I find, yeah.
0: What do you do on it? Just, just bait to stand or do you have, do you, are you doing uh, any other movements on it?
1: I mean, I'm standing and I'm dropping a ball and I'm bending down and picking it up. I'm, you know, flipping up whatever it is, a, you know, plates and catching it. Um, just, Oh, my husband always throws at me, throws a ball at me.
0: I like those. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's fun. And, um, but I noticed that that is, that has helped me just on the bike tremendously. Um,
0: so then you, you, in this whole process, you've been, have you, have you been with Crystal this whole time that you're going to these championship races?
1: Yes. And I have been with Crystal since about 2016 with Crystal, okay. Um, and I work with her on and off. Like if I have an event and I want to train for it, and she'll she'll get me all ready for it. And then during the cycle cross season, I'll use her all season. Mm-hmm. But I also because I like that structure. I like like Libby. You, I'm telling you to do this, so I don't have to think about it. I'm like, right. okay, I'm going to do this.
0: <laughs> so did you um, go into those things thinking I'm going to win this? I'm going to win all these things?
1: Oh, oh gosh, no, I never. Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, I I viewed them just as like. I'm going in blind for the most part. And this is an awesome challenge. Like, you know, I don't know, like for world cycle cross, I didn't know the women that were in it. It's hard to, you know, Google women from Austria or, you know, wherever else. Um, and so I just did, I had, you know, I wanted to do well, the course, the world's course uh, for the masters and cycle cross is so much sand. Um, and we don't have a lot of sand around here. Oh to my
0: goodness. With. Where, where was um, that in Belgium?
1: yeah and mole belgium
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: a lot of sand like Like, literally an uphill sand hill and a downhill sand hill and you know riding at the
0: dunes like yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so i didn't know what to expect you know i'd prepared i'd done everything i could and we'll just you know see how it goes um and it went real well and it did it was great i it, it was um it was a really uh good race everything went you know when is it I had hoped it would. So that that was fabulous. Um and similar with the mountain bike races. Uh I had gone out the two the two cross country uh national championships that I won were at snowshoe. Oh wow. Um, and, that's and that's a hard course. Well, yes, it is. Uh, but it's close by to us, West so Virginia. I could go out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah and it's, so it's, I could go out and practice.
0: It's wet and rocky and ruddy. Yes. Rudy is even harder. Right.
1: Right. Right. Um and so, so those were just good adventures, and I liked kind of picking different hard, challenging things, just to even if I can't finish them or if they go horribly, it, you know, you gave it a shot, you tried it, um, and you know, if you liked it enough, you try to see how you can improve on it. Um, You're
0: so nonchalant about all this, but do you ever, do you ever, <laughs> do you think that you tapped into an inner athlete? that you didn't know was there or did you know that athlete was in there, but you know, you were pursuing these other things and she was just a hobby, you know, until the kids got older kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no. So I, I have always been very active, like, um, and, and in college I played division one soccer um, okay. throughout the four years. Um, you know, we never won that championship, but we, you know, we got second and then we got third one year. Um, so I've, I've always, I've run marathons, um, I've always been super active. Um, the, you know, even when the kids were around, I kind of, when they were really small, the three of them, I said to my husband, you know, do you mind if I join a soccer team? And he said, uh, okay, that's, that's fine. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, I, you know, a shout out, um, to him. But, um, and so when he found out I had not just joined one soccer team, but I had joined four different soccer teams, <laughs> He was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so, so yes, I've always been active. Why for? Always, um, well, you know, you have the women's over thirty. You have the co-ed team. You have uh, the okay. this and then that, and the, you know, all kinds of other things. Um, as I, I like to when I do something, I usually kind of overdo it overdo at it. first, <laughs> <laughs> and then have to kind of step back. Um, but I'm, I've always skied. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big skier, like downhill skiing. Um, mm. so, so being active and being outside has always kind of been a passion of mine.
0: So, so let's again, remind people that you, you, you do have four boys and you have a, a, a grown up job. How,
1: <laughs> how, how, have you, how have you managed the training time? well as the kids got older it was easier for sure right, in my 30s right. you know i did i didn't um i did race and i did do things but like i said i didn't really train for right them. right um and it was just a lot harder um yeah. uh now it's easier i only actually have one at home um the rest are all off um doing their own things in their 20s um and They're big supporters, my husband and Malachi, my 15 year old, Um, and they come to the races and they, you know, help me with the bikes. Um, But I also when my third child was born, uh, kind of took a step back from I'd not say step back from my job, but I went um, not full time, but like 80 percent time. Um, and I did that cause I was just completely overwhelmed. Um, and it allowed me to take them to soccer games and, you know, do all that stuff and try to at least ride a little bit. Right. Uh, and that helped. And it's right now, it's just, I have the flexibility in my job. I go out early in the morning and during the cyclocross season and get the workouts done and then just ride into work and can do it that way. Um, and that has, has helped a lot. Um, just, and cyclocross for the, for the season there, you're not actually doing tons of volume. It, so you can do the workout in an hour and a half or an hour and be done. Um, so that's a lot easier. Uh, like this morning, I got up at six something and, you know, rode for two and a half hours and got back and started work. You know, it's yep. it's just trying to work it in the, the edges. That's my
0: life. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I know. I know what that looks like. <laughs> and, and for those who don't know, cyclocross is a, is a bike racing discipline where you're on a drop bar bike that looks like a road bike but you're on a, a circuit that is oh god it could be anything it could be like she said in the sand in belgium it could be in a cornfield it's, it's sort of a track that in there are things to jump over you have to get off your bike and jump and ride and uh it's quite fun but it is yes it's, it's about an hour full throttle it's a right. very yeah it's a very anaerobic effort it's a very right threshold. exactly yes. Yeah.
1: And and which also it, it so that is like I do the mountain bikes and I do the cyclocross and it's a good mix because I'm not always doing one one t- one discipline, you know, and that's helped me over the last eight years as well, because um, I've also tried to expand my horizons by doing more and endu- doing some enduro stuff. I'm still terrified of big drops. And, you know, that's something. Uh, I was like, I just got
0: like a little, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I I like to come
1: home from a, yeah. (laughs) I know that
0: reaction. I am not, I've never been, you know, everywhere I've raced, all the time I've raced, that is my least favorite part. Like, vertical descents, you know, truly vertical descents and big drops are just, yeah, just always. Yeah, and
1: I'm not saying I'm ever going to get good at them, but I'm trying to like be at least less terrified of that type of thing. Um, So you have the bigger bike, you have the more suspension. Um, So switching bikes, doing things like that, that has helped tremendously. Just mix things up, mixing things up, keeping it um, you know different and new.
0: So it wouldn't be hit play not pause if we didn't talk.
1: Not pause if we didn't talk some hormones.
0: have you had to adapt and work through changes through this transition? I mean, you started a little later getting serious and, you know, now you're like hitting a really great stride at 55. Like, are you, have you gone through anything? Are you going through anything? Where are you in that? Part yeah. That where journey? am I
1: in this? Process? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I Sometimes I ask myself, I'm not exactly sure. Um, But I think I'm if what you call it perimenopausal. Um, yeah. w- once I think I've al- almost hit menopause, then I like, 11 and a half months will get my, you know, a period. Yeah, had, I had Be that. i like, oh, oh. my code. Um, the clock uh, again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I think I'm in that stage. Um, and I, but I certainly have had to um, adjust things over the last, and I would say like three years. Mm-hmm. Um, just notice like really recovery is super hard. Um, so I pay a lot more attention to that. I pay a lot more attention to not, um, you know, trying to, uh, w- do a workout on a day that I'm just completely exhausted. Um, I notice that my muscle mass is kind of going, you know, and so it's harder. I can lift the same amount of weights, but I don't look the same, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and really in the last, uh, four months, um, I've been getting these waking up two or three times a night, uh, just And I'm not going to call them hot flashes because I don't get like ridiculously hot, but I'm just, I wake up and I'm just... I'm sweating, and I'm that's just what like
0: I had. I was, was I called so it projectile sweating.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was actually
0: like rivulets running down my back. Yes, I right. was a hot <laughs> flash either, but it was just like I'm like a sprinkler right now. Right. What is happening?
1: Yeah, so uncomfortable, and it wakes you up, and then yeah, you can't go you back up. to sleep. Yeah, um, yeah, and so that has been um, really hard, um, you know, and to try to to try to deal with because the, the lack of sleep is just like ugh, that's exhausting. Um, so I've noticed, you know, so trying to work through some of those things, um, really hard to regulate my temperature as well. That um, is
0: one of the hardest things I have found in this new me is uh, racing in the heat, especially is a little bit of a roll of the dice. You know, I know all the tricks and usually they work, you know, but sometimes I'm still like, oh boy, this is this is going to be a rough day here, a rough moment in this day <laughs> that I'm going to have to work through.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll never, um, so a couple years ago at a cycle cross race, it was go cross. It's down in Roanoke, Virginia, super hot day. And, but it's a great venue because they have a pool and the racers are allowed to use the pool. Mm. Well, I was the only racer. It pre-race time getting in that pool because I was like, I've got to cool down. I've got to get my core temperature cooled down. Otherwise, I can't. I'm this race is gonna be horrible. And I did that and it it helped so much. But you know, just little things like that. Like I did that in the pool at
0: Transylvania.
1: Oh yeah. The morning
0: before. I'm like, because I remembered from doing triathlon that I felt so great if I could cool my right. core, you know, and right. in triathlon and when yeah. the water's cold, that's really easy to yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, that's a great trick, but I, yeah. I want to rewind a little bit and, and, and have you give me some ideas because the recovery of stage races is not, a, is it's real. Like that's, that's the yeah. second sport in stage racing. How did you recover? What kind of things did you implement day to day in Transylvania to get ready to go again the next day?
1: yeah um well uh so a couple things i do um one of the things i started doing like a few years ago was working with a a new teammate who has a nutrition um practice a job um shred science and she deals with like a lot in counting macros and you know some people like that some people don't i really benefited from the whole macro thing because i realized i wasn't getting enough protein I just, you know, I'm a vegetarian. I wasn't like, I really just, you know, wasn't eating properly. Um, And so, so to get back to your recovery bit, a lot of it is like, I learned that right after I did a workout or a race or some hard effort, I would immediately have protein because it was like, I need that right now. Um, And making sure that my kind of my protein numbers and my fat numbers are all kind of like in line. Um, is super helpful for me. Um, and I do that usually just in events and like while I'm building up for events, I can't do it all the time. Cause it's just, it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. but so that has a big part of the recovery, just making sure I get protein after, after the race, um, and staying hydrated, super important. You know, I was just like forcing myself to drink, um, I, I am not ashamed to say that I use all the implements that are available to, for recovery. So I have a pair of, um, uh, squee- I call them squeezy, yeah, squeezy legs. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and so I would use those. Um, and I also have a hypervolt. Um, so the massage gun, mm-hmm. I use that cause mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, And then trying to get sleep um, and just trying to eat the right food. That's really how I tried to um, recover every day. For those Um, who don't
0: know the squeezy legs are like these inflatable leg sleeves for the lack of a better thing. You zip them on and you they're attached to this compression pump that pumps them filled with air. And it's sort of, it's like a, it flushes your legs by just literally squeezing them from the feet up. Uh, Yeah. It's super,
1: super helpful. And I find it helpful because it not only does it, you know, compress your legs and get all, try to work on all that lactic acid and whatever else it does move the blood around, but it just makes me sit there also. Right. Right. And, and just relax, just like sit there and drink. And, you know, so, so that's a good thing. But I, so those were really the major things I tried to do um, at Transylvania Epic this time around. Um, It was one of the first times um, for me going into the race, I just, literally my goal was to see if i could ride for five days in a row because i was like hmm I haven't, you know mm-hmm. I, it's not that i hadn't done that in a while because last year i did the um colorado what was it the apex challenge which is a four-day stage race but i hadn't been to pennsylvania in a while i hadn't ridden those trails in a long time um i was going up by myself my husband wasn't coming out with me um sleeping in my van um, So I was going to be in charge of bike maintenance, which is not my thing, um, you know. And so it was all kind of like a new, new twist. So when you thing.
0: finish, you can't just put your feet up right away. Exactly. You gotta yeah. Take yeah. Care yeah. Of some stuff, yeah. Clean up the bikes, <laughs> especially because you guys had quite a bit of
1: like mud and right. weather. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, uh, and that. For me, that all worked out pretty well. And I was super happy and surprised because a lot of times you can wake up and you're like, oh, there is no way I can do this. And for the most part, I woke up and I was like, wow, I am really tired and sore, but I can get on the bike again. You know, um, what kind of warm up do you do? Well, um, after the first day when it was actually close and I was surprisingly, you know, up there in the mix, I thought, whoa, I better, I better warm up. Um, I
0: better get ready for tomorrow.
1: (laughs) So I would go out and warm up and there was nothing structured there. It was Warm-ups just help
0: though. I mean, just they help tremendously out of your legs. Oh essential. yeah. No,
1: I would, I would pedal around for uh, a couple miles and do like h- hard 30 second, 45 yep. second efforts. Yep. Yep. Um, and part of the reason for me is I'm not a fast starter anyways. And those starts are for me, super fast. They're super fast. Uh, they they just go from the not Like race you know, starts are super fast. And, And I could get shelled right away and I didn't want to have to work my way back every time. So one of my goals in my head every morning was to try to keep up with people for as long as I possibly could so that I was, you know, I I was with a good group or I was in the mix or things like that. You
0: got into the single track before a conga line formed. Right. Right, exactly,
1: exactly. Um, and that was hard for me because, you know, getting my heart rate up so, so quickly. So, you know, just so high. It was just like, oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, and it does take practice to get it jacked up. So you're seeing spots and then go right into a bunch of rocks and not rocks, park exactly. yourself immediately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have you found anything that is helpful for the sleep situation?
1: Not yet. Um, my husband sometimes laughs at me because I, I literally I'll be like, well, what is the coolest room today to sleep in? So I move around, you know, sleeping on the couch, sleeping in the attic, sleeping in the bed. So, um, I haven't yet. Um, and I know there are, as your podcast, people have talked about different techniques and, you know, I, I just need to figure out. Yeah. What I mean,
0: they, it takes some trial and error, but there are, it does some of those things, whether they be the adaptogens or the tart cherry juice or the CBD, it, everybody is different, you know? But, right, right. Uh, it is, there are definitely things that can mitigate some of that. Cause yeah, I mean, as you know, it's sleep is such a cornerstone of recovery that it's so hard to like have that sacrifice.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I do do the tart cherry juice. Um, and it's just, I, it's just hard to tell if that helps. Um, yeah, no, geez. I
0: understand. I don't find much <laughs> of that. I, I honestly don't find much from that. I CBD helps me, but I think it's because it helps my catastrophic thinking, stress mind. When, Do you know what right. I mean? I think that right. like, cause that yes. is a, that my mind is, has a hard time calming yeah. down and not racing. And I think it's not right. like necessarily soporific. It's not putting me to sleep, but it's calming that thing. That's my, the monkey that's keeping me awake. Is sedated. Right. Um, right. yeah. But, yeah, yeah yeah everyone's got they do have also sheets and bed covers all kinds of things now for for we women who are in the transition to help with like cooling wow yeah okay. so look into some of that i think yeah. that you could benefit from so you don't have to be like a refugee in the house trying to find a place
1: right. to- <laughs> a cool place to sleep <laughs> Oh, well, so one. I was sleeping in my van at Transylvania Epic and the last um, the last day of the race, the whole night before was just pouring rain. Yes. Um, And for some reason, our van decided to um, leak um, rain, start leaking that night. Um, or that day. And so in the middle of the night, I would have to get up and um, dump like these buckets. <laughs> I had these buckets. So like, you know, at two o'clock I'm dumping a bucket and at five o'clock I'm dumping a bucket. And it was just like, um, but the temperature was cool. So that helped um, with, with the sleeping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and at that point you're just like, okay, whatever. Race yeah, I know. will take like, me work. through yeah. the last stage. What am I, what am I going to do? <laughs>
1: Exactly. But there were only 13 seconds going into that last stage between me and the um, second place person. So the stage had, um, you know, it was, it was wet. It was rainy. I think it was really foggy that day. I can't remember. What but, were
0: um, you, were you in third place?
1: I was in first. Um, oh, you were the in second first. Yeah. And the second place person was 13 seconds behind me. Um, So the day was going to, you know, it wasn't going to be one of those days where you could say, let's just all. It's not a parade.
0: Like we often would do (laughs) like, let's just all (laughs) run together and have fun. Yeah. No, that's really too close.
1: (laughs) It was too close for that. Um, How did that play out? Well, it, so it had rained so much. They had to change up the course. Um, and so the the last day, of the course um, for the is is all kind of very close to the camp, as yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of twisting on on yourself a yes, lot and turning yes, and going yes. over the similar ground. Well, the three people, um, myself, Britt, and Taylor uh, first, second and third, were we all got lost, and so did a bunch. That of is other the
0: people. worst feeling in the world. Um, racing and like
1: that. yes, but the consolation was is we were all together. Yes, Yes. you weren't by yourself going. We weren't by (laughs) ourselves. (laughs) And it's at a certain point, we were like, okay, we're going to stay together because, um, you know, that's just the best for all of us. Um, So we finally found the course um, and got back on. But by that point, we were considerably, a bunch of other women were ahead of us, um, as well as a lot of other riders. So we had to work our way through. And that's when I got into the single track and the enduro, work our way through a lot of people. Um, and so, but we were all together for that. Um, and the way the race finally, what, how it, how it ended up was, uh, coming down off the enduro and you'll know this, um, well you, you end and you have to take a left on a gravel road, um, and back to a paved road, which will then take you up a big kind of a steep hill into the campground. Um, and I knew that if I wasn't on Brit's wheel coming out of that enduro section, I was going to be in trouble. Um, I needed to be close to her. Right. Um, and she was first and then Taylor and then myself. And so Britt got off on the road with a group of guys and Taylor got off on the road with a group of guys and I got off on the road and I was like 10 seconds behind, or I don't know how many seconds, but not far behind, but I just, they were with a group of people and just started motoring and I just couldn't keep up. And I, so I just kind of, I just kind of watched them go, keep going in the distance and was like, there's, there's really, there it goes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it was exciting down to the end and every day was fabulous racing, you know, with the, with the two of them and with all the other women that were there. Um, and so it was, it was just great to have so many, um, you know, people there to, to ride bikes with.
0: Yeah, no, that's Um, awesome. That's an awesome story. So what is, uh, what's on your agenda now?
1: Wow. Now I am, um, I hope to, I still have to commit, but there is a fun kind of underground local um, stage race that happens over the 4th of July every year um, called the Tour de Berg. Oh, I know and, the Tour de Berg. Yeah. That's a hard, that's a hard adventure. That's probably the hardest stage race I've ever done. Um, oh, you've and done first, it? yeah i did Tell it people what,
0: what that involves
1: well it's it's a again it's a it's a local kind of underground uh race put on by well it, it's a lot of locals from harrisonburg which are fabulous bike riders amazing mm-hmm. bike riders um and it involves five days of you go out and you kind of party pace for a couple hours and then the tour director, as he's known affectionately, will just kind of tell you, you all group up and then he'll just say, okay, for the next hour and a half or the, you know, follow the, the trail signs and you're gonna race. Um, and then so you race for however long he says you race for and then you stop and you have lunch and then you party pace again. And then later on you regroup and he says, okay, now we're gonna race X. And so it's kind of two segments of racing. It's probably like eight or nine hours on the bike every day. It's a
0: long day. Yeah, It's a
1: long day. Um, And then everybody has dinner at the end and then the next day you do it again. And it's all through the George Washington National Forest which is some amazing riding um, down by Stokesville. I mean, you know, Stokesville. Um, and yeah, it's probably one of the hardest things I've done. I did it in 2016 and I remember I didn't do the whole thing. And I remember Sue Haywood, like trying to convince me to stay for the couple extra days. And I was like, this is horrible. And there's no way. I'm. (laughs) And, and and, like, literally I was like, no, that I am going back to work. That's what (laughs) that going to work sounds better than this. Um, But then I did it in 2017, 18 and 19. And it was each time it's just like riding these amazing trails that I don't usually well, I do ride down there a lot, but like learning new trails, riding with some fabulous riders, um, and just so hard, just amazingly difficult. Um, But doing some of those trails caused me to think about down here, there's a a local thing called the ring. It's a Massanutten ring. It's a, it's a 72 mile, super rocky trail um, that goes and Sue Haywood was the first woman to ever actually complete the thing. Um, and it takes a long time and runners used to complete it faster than bike riders. Cause it's just, it's rocks. It's like, you're riding on the moon at some points. Um, and last year, my, or two years ago, my son did it and I supported him and And I was just like, you know, good for you, but this is horrible. I would never want to do this. Um, And then when the pandemic hit last year, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, what, what adventure, what, what crazy thing could I try? Um, And it's really just an hour and a half from us. And so I started going out and sessioning different parts of it um, and then did it in like May of last year, I guess it was. Um, so that, you know, that, that cons- that was a great kind of unstructured yet structured, uh, adventure that I could do, um, when everything was like canceled and I had, an idea, you know, kind of what to do. How long did it take? It took 16 and a half hours of like serious, solid, like riding, um, and only, um, like, I would think I was the fourth woman to complete it. And then last year, like, a couple other women completed it. And then this year, um, Lauren completed it. Lauren, um, uh, she did it unsupported. So um, kudos to her. Um, I had support. Like, I had, like, my husband and, and Malachi would meet me at the trans, uh, at various parts and give me food and water. Um, but, yeah, it was it was huge, starting at 4 a.m. and not finishing till 8 p.m., um so are people going for fastest known times on this thing at this point um i um so the guys certainly are last year jeremiah bishop and abe just went back and forth like trying to one up each other Mm -hmm. oh my goodness um you know i don't know if the women are like i like literally it was just like something that you know challenge challenge yeah yeah yeah
0: and you think you were doing that again
1: no, so, okay. so that was just an example of like, I've, I got to pick something like that. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. And the Tour de Berg kind of falls into that. Yeah, the Tour de like, Berg
0: is going to get you, like that's like a training camp. You've got to do something yeah, later in this right. year. <laughs> I'm,
1: I have, um, I've done the Bruck Epic before and so that might be another fun one. Um, the altitude kills me though. So it's always hard to go out and ride like that. Um, but up, upcoming like cyclocross season is going to be, um, super fun. Cause we didn't have one last year. Right. Um, and a couple of years ago, my husband and Bill Shiken started, um, the CX Hairs Devo team, a uh, cyclocross junior development team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of the matriarch of it. Um, and it's been super fun to watch those, um, to watch people develop, to ha- try to help kids develop. Um, we don't have a lot of riders, but they're really good and um this season will certainly you know they're they are hitting their stride and it's fun to see how you know at one point I you know I always knew they would be faster than me and like the the teeter-totter will tip at some point and and this is definitely the probably the tipping year and it will just be awesome to see them just go off and you know develop as they are um into fast really good technical riders um so that will be fun that, that will definitely be a, a big, um, adventure. What would you say to
0: women who are, you know, crossing that 50 year old threshold and, you know, maybe not sure what lies ahead of them or if they can improve. I mean, you're, you're sort of living proof that you can, you can improve.
1: Right. Yeah. I, so a lot of, um, a lot of times I think of things as just like, um, Bird by bird. I think it was Anne Lamont has a book called that. And um, it's just like doing, if things seem really overwhelming, you know, like you had a project that I think her example was you had to do a, pr- a whole book on birds, you know, well, just start with one bird, you know, so start with that one bird. <laughs> I'm going to remember off. that. <laughs> you just got to start with the one bird and then just keep moving. And that's kind of how I, I, I see things, you know, like I think I'm a terrible mountain bike corner. And so, you know, and I'm probably not terrible, but there's so many things I can work on. Right. And so I have to just pick one thing at a time. I can't get overwhelmed by it. And I think some people just think, oh, my God, I'm 50. And I, I, you know, I've I'm now 10 pounds heavier than I was before. And I haven't had to, I don't have time to exercise or to walk. I mean, so it's just I'd like I'd love to see it when people just go out and just start walking, you know, right. and just encourage people to, to do pick one thing that they feel passionate about or don't feel passionate about, but just do it. Um, and then, you know, maybe uh, things will, good things will come from that no matter what, um, using your body and having a a pastime. Um, and around here, it's, it is fabulous to see because we have so many people, um, that are our age that mountain bike Mm -hmm. and that are younger, but it's just such a great community. Um, and there's so much support. Like when I was at the Transylvania Epic and Bruce Buckley, who does those wonderful write-ups and takes fabulous photos, you know, just so much love in those posts. Like it just keeps you going, you know? And so I just it's nice to see when people find a passion and 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 are able to pursue it. Um, so you're for people also living
0: proof of process. Like, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like I, I feel like one of the things that you did, you know, you started older that really made a measurable difference. Yeah. You started doing structure, but you started working on some of the real process things like the cornering, like, like taking the stairs literally on your bike, like, like working on things that that kind of stuff, especially as an older athlete pays off in spades because it saves you so much energy.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Cause I, ca- you know, I can't keep riding, you know, however many miles. So what can I work on? Oh, I can work on these skills. Right. Um, and oh my God, I could work on these skills till I'm 80 something because right. there are so many skills to work on. And you know, I it takes me a long time to learn them. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, Nancy? Yes. S-ball? Yep. Like,
0: she is she is a wonderful person uh podcast listener she i met her at a mountain bike race and she was 63 and yep. she had just started mountain biking
1: yeah and, and you see her and she takes these downhill clinics and she's crazy. out you know doing i see all- pictures of
0: her going down stuff with a full face helmet <laughs> on that i would be like my ass would be on my back tire and i would be saying hail mary's all the way down right. it and i'm just like wow okay you know she's 69 and living proof of technique like especially i don't care what you do you know what if you swim if you run whatever you do like getting better at technique smooth is fast you know right. if you can yeah if you can get your technique yeah. down you can pick up some easy speed and save yourself yeah. some energy
1: totally agree yeah that's key and uh, again i mean i i um just for 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 other women you, you know you don't you don't have to be go to races. You don't have to I, do all these things. It's just, it's like a sense of community. It's like taking ownership of your body and feeling more in control can just be so empowering. Um, it, you know, so it's, it's well worth whether it's walking or running or swimming, you know, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Um, especially at the time when your body feels a little out of control, right? Exactly. audience is very active, but you have that point where you, like you said, you're like, well, I'm doing the same thing and my body's doing something different.
1: <laughs> so like, right. It, so it, how can I, how can I adapt? <laughs>
0: right, exactly. That's what the show is all about. It's not stopping adapting. We're not stopping. Right. We're adapting.
1: Right. Right, and that's why I mean I can't. So your show, all the this, all these conversations are just fabulous because it makes you, you know, you're going through this, you're not going through it alone. And oh look at here's all these other people that you know nobody goes through anything the same, but it's similar, and it's super helpful. And you know if I knew now, you can make more informed decisions and feel like you're you know not alone, which is super empowering in itself. Um, and which is why I'm s- glad that a lot of people right now are talking about the, you know, your menstrual cycle and how that affects, um, uh, your performance, because that, that really wasn't talked about when I was playing, you know, division one soccer, um, neither was nutrition or anything else. Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> but- <laughs> Um, but, you know, you got Evie Richards out there, who's a mountain biker and cyclecrosser talking about it. And you have Nikki Brommeyer talking about um, food and how important it is to fuel your body um, and and to recover and your periods. And and so it's all it's it's a great discussion for for young people and uh, us older folks um, to, to be having.
0: Yeah, we're we're changing things, and it's it's great to be having these conversations. And I very much appreciate you sharing your story because it's going to help somebody else. There are many somebody else's out there.
1: Well, thank you, Celine, and because you were one of the uh, original people who inspired me back in 2013, so it's uh, (laughs) nice to hear. It's a it's a privilege to be talking with you.
0: Well, that's our show. Come back next week for my conversation with doctors Avram Blooming and Carol Tavris, authors of Estrogen Matters. They have been a very greatly requested pair for the show. And we go deep into all things menopause hormone therapy. You will not want to miss this one. Until then, as always, stay feisty.